What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let me see your identification. The Neverland Podcast 006. Today's Neverland podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or your MP3 player. Once again, www.audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. And with that, grab the nearest pixie, sprinkle a little bit, a little bit of dust around, go to your happy place, and may the force be with you as we once again go back to Neverland. As you may have guessed, we've got something special today that uh, you've probably figured out by now. Uh, and if you had it, well, here's another clue. Ah, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah! Star Wars! Those here in Star Wars! My seventh winner up here! Star Wars! Yes, today we are as one of many days that we're going to be able to talk about Star Wars. Uh, I say this will be the first of many times because, let's face it, this was a big part of our childhood, uh, if you're my age, or even older than me, it's going to be a big part of your childhood, and even younger than me, this is still a big part of your childhood. So we have to be able to talk about Star Wars anytime that we feel like it. And uh, I was going to, you know, I did have a different plan for today, but as I was telling you last week, my plans for whatever I'm going to do on the show kind of change, and... I was going to wait, actually, to do some Star Wars stuff around May for actually would have been an anniversary of Star Wars. So the original Star Wars was released on May 25th of 1977. I actually was born May 26th of that same year. So I was just a day late to be born on the exact same day. But I am born on John Wayne's birthday, so it balances out, okay? But, you know, I grew up, you know, in my generation, we really did grow up with Star Wars as Star Wars was first growing up. Uh, I mean, we had commercials on the air for the old Kenner Star Wars figures. Uh, I actually only had one figure when I was a childhood, and it was an obscure character from Jabba's Sail Barge. Uh, So I didn't have a whole lot of the toys. I didn't grow up very wealthy or anything. Uh, We grew up pretty dirt poor, so I didn't really have a whole lot of the toys. And the funny thing is, is although I had watched the original Star Wars movie multiple times, I mean, any time it came on cable, I was watching it. Uh, My mother would not let me watch The Empire Strikes Back when it came on cable because, well, I guess she thought it was too violent. I don't know. I mean, you do have a guy getting his hand chopped off. So, I don't know, but I didn't actually get to see Empire until years and years later. And, uh, 
Well, I did read the book of Empire Strikes Back while I was in elementary school, uh, so I at least got the story. Uh, and I actually, after that, I think even before I saw Empire, I saw Return of the Jedi after I had read that book. Now, the funny part of this whole thing, though, is that, okay, my uh, my good buddy Philip, who has been on the show previously, his mother used to cut hair. And there was one time I was over at his house getting my hair cut. Now, this was before I had seen... Uh, either Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. But I had, of course, like I said, read the the book of uh, Empire Strikes Back. So I did know that there was uh, like a romance between Han Solo and Leia going on. I did know that. Uh, So while I'm sitting there, I'm getting my hair cut there in the kitchen. They're watching Return of the Jedi actually on a VCR tape over in the living room. And I can kind of see, and it's kind of near the end, and I'm kind of listening in. And it got to that final scene where... uh, Leia tells Han that Luke is her brother. And I was like, what? They're brother and sister? I didn't know that. And everybody in the living room was like, oh, no, quick, stop the tape. I was like, you haven't seen this? And I was like, no. So, yeah, I, I actually didn't get to see any of the films in the theater until they re-released them uh, in 1997 with the 20-year uh, the anniversary. And this is kind of a funny thing. Uh, one of my early jobs that I'd had was I worked at Taco Bell. And I worked at Taco Bell specifically because they had Star Wars toys there, and I wanted to make sure I was able to get them at a discount. And so I worked at Taco Bell just to get those toys, and I still have them, I think, somewhere. Uh, somewhere collecting dust, there was like a cube that you would fold it around, and it had different pictures and things like that. So <laughs> it was it was kind of a crazy thing, and that was not a very good job. I tell you, if you work at Taco Bell, all the power to you, because I tell you, that's not a fun job. I did not enjoy it, but once the Star Wars things were done, I went ahead and I, I think I moved on to a different job. I probably went back to work at a, a local theme park called Worlds of Fun. Again, I worked there for like three different years. Uh, but okay, so we're going to talk about Star Wars today, and I've got something special for you planned. But first, um, I wanna, I'm going to look into a rumor uh, that I have heard. Somebody shared this on Facebook and shared a link. I don't know how true this is. But apparently, uh, Disney has put together a conglomeration of, of people or whatever trying to decide on what is... Oh, good dolly. I, I forgot the word I wanted to use here. Uh, but the, well, Canon, that's the word. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but they're trying to decide what is canon between the extended Star Wars universe. Uh, because, as you know, there are books all over the place. And every book, of course, had to get some sort of approval to be written and published at, to, to carry the Star Wars brand on it. So everybody's gotten some sort of approval. And, uh, you know, I didn't really get into a whole lot of the books. I did read the Timothy Zahn books back when they came out, uh, Heir to the Empire and its two sequels. And they were slow, but they were pretty good. Uh, the only other books I think I've gotten into is I did buy a bunch of the uh, uh, Rogue Squadron books that followed around Wedge and putting their new X-Wing team together. I bought those books, but I never read any of them. I also bought a copy of Shadows of the Empire. I know I'm losing some of my nerd cred here, but the Expanded Universe just didn't quite get it for me. And I did listen to some audiobooks of it, and I heard you know Chewbacca had died, and uh, they had done some crazy things with uh, the Solo twins and things like that, and just... It, it just I I wouldn't have wanted to read it because I'm one of those people that's like don't mess with the characters man keep them so yeah I I, I just did not like missing out on yeah yeah Chewie you're not supposed to die uh, so I did though I got to some audiobooks when the the prequel films were coming out they did uh, like a what was happening right before the movie started for both the first and second movie the for the first movie they had a, an audiobook that was a Darth Maul book that showed what Darth Maul was doing right before he moved into the first movie uh, to carry out his assignment there, which got him chopped in half, I would say killed, but in the Clone Wars animated series, well, he was brought back. Uh, I did also get the audiobook that was kind of an in-between episode one and episode two, uh, which introduced a couple of characters uh, that were kind of background characters that got a little bit more attention in the Clone Wars. Um, and now my brain has just went out the window and I forgot who those two characters were. It was a, a, a Lady Jedi and her Padawan, also a female. And a, golly, somebody's probably screaming at their their, their phone or, or whatever you're listening on and saying, it was these people. But that's okay. I'm allowed to brain fart every once in a while. I can't remember everything that I'm supposed to remember. But uh, So that's about as far as in the extended universe I got. Now I did see about the time that uh, the video game, The Force Unleashed, was coming out, that they did present the story to George Lucas, and George Lucas declared that this is definitely canon. Uh, 
Now, George had previously said the only things he considered canon, really, were the films themselves and anything produced for television he would consider canon. So it had to be a visual medium of some sort. Uh, so I would figure the uh, original Clone Wars animated series so that was done in, like, what, short five, ten-minute little episodes on Cartoon Network uh, was considered to be the in-between of the prequels. And I guess the computer-animated Clone Wars series, which was pretty good. I, I watched most of it. I don't think I watched, like, the last couple of seasons because um, for a while we shut off our uh, our cable uh, save money but uh, so I did miss some of those I think they're on Netflix so I might have to pick up and try to watch them but it was a pretty good it wasn't like outstanding but it was actually in some ways better than some of the prequel films some of the writing um, but so now there's apparently this group and I, I haven't heard like I said I haven't heard anything that confirms it but they're deciding now what is officially canon which I guess you would have to do considering that you know there's here comes episodes 7, 8, and 9 and you want to make sure you want to fall in line with what is considered to be canon. And I have no idea exactly what point that the film was are going to be picking up. We won't find out. I believe it's December 18th of 2015 is the slated date of release of the first one. Uh, well, so that out of the way, um, we'll, we'll find out everything. Uh, a little quick tidbit of bit of news that I'm really excited about before I get on to the, the special content that I'm going to share with you is I actually just saw uh, on... Uh, uh, superherohype.com uh, that all right, for anyone who's been paying attention to Spider-Man in the last couple of years uh, they hit like issue 800 and then ended Amazing Spider-Man the last issues of Amazing Spider-Man uh, Dr. Octopus who had been suffering from cancer did like a weird brain switch with Peter Parker and so when his body died, it was Peter Parker's mind that was there to die, and Dr. Octopus became the new Spider-Man, and he became the superior Spider-Man and launched a whole new title. Now, they tried to justify this in a fashion of having, when he got his mind into Peter Parker's brain, he suddenly got all of Peter Parker's memories, and he understood the responsibility. And so he was supposed to be a changed man, but he always considered himself superior. So he started actually living Peter Parker's life, now, I didn't read any of this because I thought it was horrendous, and I even there was a picture Stan Lee actually put out with the the issue where they had this happen of him putting the issue through a shredder. So it, it seems Stan Lee was not pleased with this idea either. Uh, but So I did not read any of this, but I did hear that at some point, you know, Peter Parker's mind was still somewhat in the brain, and he was always trying to tell Doc, hey, this is what you need to do, and here's, you know, so he was trying to assist until eventually even that part of his mind has died off. But... On April 1st, 2014, Amazing Spider-Man number one is coming out, and it is going to be the return of Peter Parker. So I will once again be spending my hard-earned dollars on Spider-Man comics again, because uh, for anyone who has, actually knows me that listens to this podcast, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and I'm sure I'm going to do a pretty lengthy podcast on Spider-Man eventually. But that is no, neither here nor there. I have something extra special I want to share with you today. Now, a few years ago... My wife and I were shopping uh, at a big lots, and we found a record player. And it was fairly inexpensive. It had a CD player and radio and everything. And we thought, hey, cool, let's buy this for a record player, and, you know. Uh, so we did. And I then I went out to thrift stores and anywhere I could find finding old vinyl records. Now, I didn't go out. To, you know, there's some people who think a lot of music sounds so much better in a vinyl format. Uh, and so they find all their favorite bands and some old records and all that. Well, that's not the type of person I am. I mean, considering the type of podcast I'm doing, I had to, of course, do some crazy novelty kind of things that I enjoyed as a child. So I, I have a collection. I've got uh, something that was a Sesame Street Monsters. Uh, I've got some Christmas albums that are uh, like, oh, I forgot what Christmas albums I've got over there. Uh, but I've got some Christmas ones, and I've got a lot of novelties. I've got some Disney ones. Uh, I actually every year go to Marceline, Missouri, uh, uh, where Walt Disney actually grew up on the farm for a, a few years, and they have a big festival every year. And I go, to, I hit their antique stores and find some great old Disney vinyl. So I've got like a the original Peter Pan soundtrack, and I've got a, a Jungle Book soundtrack that has re-recorded music. You know, just fun novelty stuff. That's the type of thing I get. But one of the prized things I have in my collection is this big, long playing record called The Story of Star Wars. So I'm going to play the audio of this for you. Now this was a, it's a great little package. I'm holding it in my, my hands right now. This is a, 
It was produced as record actually by George Lucas and somebody named Alan Livingston. It's got some narration by a guy named Roscoe Lee Brown, and it was adapted by E. Jack Kaplan and Cheryl Gard Warrenson. Now, the cool thing is, is this actually takes audio directly from the movie and the soundtrack and plays it and narrates and tells you the entire story on one long playing record. This isn't one of those little ones that came with the book that uh, when you turn the page when, when R2-D2 would play his little chime. Uh, I do have that audio, though, for you as well, and that will be coming probably in May, but this one it had, it has inside here these great photos from the original film that are, are just fantastic. It's got a little thing describing what you're seeing in the picture, uh, but it's just it's it's not really a read along. It's it's just kind of a listen along. And I thought you would very much enjoy this if you're anything minded like me. And if you're still listening to this podcast, you must be somewhat like minded. Uh, so I figured you'd really enjoy this. So I now present to you. The story of Star Wars. But before we get started, one more reminder. We do have a sponsor now here with the Neverland Podcast. Uh, and for you, the listeners of the Neverland Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, now, one of these things I did find is they currently have The Hobbit Unabridged by J.R.R. Tolkien. And this is one of the books that you can get free right now if you go and you sign up for a trial. Now, remember the uh, the website I gave you at the beginning to don- download your free audiobook today. You go to Audible Trial com slash Neverland Podcast. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash Neverland Podcast, and you can get your free audiobook and your free trial. Uh, also, if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, I do have links there for you to get in on the tri- on the trial. There are also, uh, I'm planning to get a link that looks like there's a, some sort of Star Wars-related audiobook that uh, you should hopefully be able to get for free, and I do have a direct link for that one because it is today's subject matter. But now, without further ado, here we go with the story of Star Wars. long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships, striking from a hidden base, have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, Rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's own star and enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship. Custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. Princess Leia's cruiser is no match for the warship which swiftly overtakes her vessel. In moments, Imperial stormtroopers invade the rebel craft with a blaze of laser weapons. They shut down the main reactor. We'll be destroyed for sure. This is madness. We're doomed. There'll be no escape for the princess this time. C-3PO, a bronze, human-like robot, frantically searches the battle-torn ship for R2-D2, his stubby mechanical friend. But at that moment, not far away, a desperate Princess Leia hurriedly programs the little robot with secret information. Secret information that could save the rebel cause. Then, she disappears into the smoke-filled corridor as 3PO appears. At last! Where have you been? They're heading in this direction. What are we going to do? We'll be sent to the spice mines of Kessel or smashed into who knows what. But R2-D2 is already scooting down the sub-hallway, emitting a series of mechanical beeps and chirps that only 3PO can understand. He is nearing a small metal module, the Rebel Cruiser's escape pod. Hey, you're not permitted in there. It's restricted. You'll be deactivated for sure. Don't you call me a mindless philosopher, you overweight glob of grease. Now come out before somebody sees you. 
Secret mission? What plans? What are you talking about? I'm not getting in there. Oh, no. I'm going to regret this. As the robots escape in the pod, a dark presence enters the ship. The ominous commander of the Imperial forces, Darth Vader, tall and threatening in his black helmet, flowing black cape, and a face forever masked by a foreboding metal breath screen. Darth Vader, a figure who moves forever in a cloud of awesome evil. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? Vader grips the rebel's throat. We intercepted no transmissions! This is a consular ship! We're on a diplomatic mission! If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Commander, tear this ship apart until you found those plans and bring me the passengers. I want them alive! Princess Leia is discovered by Vader's stormtroopers. There's one. Set for stun. She'll be all right. Inform Lord Vader we have a prisoner. Princess Leia is taken before Darth Vader for questioning. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. The Imperial Senate will not still for this. When they hear you've attacked a diplomatic... Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of a rebel alliance and a traitor. Take her away! Lord Vader, the battle station plans are not aboard this ship, and no transmissions were made. An escape pod was jettisoned during the fighting. But no life forms were aboard. She must have hidden the plans in the escape pod. Send a detachment down to retrieve them. See to it personally, Commander. There will be no one to stop us this time. Yes, sir. The robot's escape pod lands in the middle of a vast desert on the remote planet of Tatooine. They escape the Imperial forces, but soon face stranger foes. Jawas. <laughs> Small. Yellow-eyed creatures, wearing heavy cloaks with hoods scurry like rodents behind the rocks. The greedy little scavengers capture the hapless droids and place them aboard a gargantuan transport vehicle. We're doomed. Do you think they'll melt us down? Meanwhile, Imperial troops discover the abandoned escape pod and begin a relentless hunt for the droids. Someone was in the pod. The tracks go off in this direction. As the troops are searching for the droids, the Java scrap dealers stop near the small farm homestead of Owen Lars. The burly farmer and his young nephew, Luke Skywalker, inspect the robots for sale, especially R2-D2 and 3 p what I really need is a droid who understands the binary language of moisture evaporators. Evaporators? Sir, my first job was programming binary load lifters, very similar to your evaporators in most respects. Can you speak, Bachi? Of course I can, sir. It's like a second language to me. I'm a yeah, All right, in. shut up. I'll take this. Shut up, sir. <coughs> Uncle Owen? Yeah? What about that one? What about that blue one? We'll take that one. Yeah, I'm quite sure you'll be very pleased with that one, sir. He really is in first-class condition. I've worked with him before. Here he comes. Okay, let's go. Luke takes the two robots into the homestead's garage for repairs. Oh, well, my little friend, got something jammed in here real good. Were you on a star cruiser? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What's this? A three-dimensional likeness of Princess Leia appears in mid-air, projected by R2-D2. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Who is she? She's beautiful. I'm afraid. I'm not quite sure, Help sir. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He says that he is the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of these parts. And it's a private message for him. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. I beg your pardon, sir, but do you know what he's talking about? Well, I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan, but old Ben lives out beyond the Dune Sea. He's kind of a strange old hermit. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know who she is. 
Wait a minute, where'd she go? Bring her back. Play back the entire message. What message? The one you've just been playing. The one you're carrying inside your rusty innards. All right, I'll be right there, Aunt Peru. I'm sorry, sir, but he appears to have picked up a slight flutter. Here, see what you can do with him. I'll be right back. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. No, I don't think he likes you at all. No, I don't like you either. Luke returns after his midday meal to discover that the little robot has gone off in search of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's so stupid. He's nowhere in sight. Pardon me, sir, but wouldn't we go after him? Luke and Tokyo race above the desert sands in the battered land today. Soon, they overtake the waddling droid. Hey, whoa, just where do you think you're going? But before they can get R2-D2 aboard the land speeder... What's wrong with them now? There are several creatures approaching from the southeast. Sand people. Come on, let's go have a look. Come on. Well, there are two banthas down there, but I don't see any... Wait a second. They're sand people, all right? I can see one of them now. The fierce, marginally human creature presses a surprise attack. And in the face of sudden danger, Luke is knocked to the ground. R2-D2 dutifully stands guard over Luke's inert body as the sand people ransack the speeder, but they are startled by the presence of a hooded and cloaked figure approaching over the dunes, and they flee. Luke opens his eyes as the old man bends over him. Tell me, young Luke, what brings you out this far? This little droid. Uh, he claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think my uncle knows him. He said he was dead. Oh, he's not dead. Not yet. Well, you know him. Well, of course I know him. He's me. Ben hurries the group into the safety of his small desert house. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. And a cunning warrior. I understand you've become quite a good pilot yourself. And he was a good friend. Which reminds me, I have something here for you. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. He feared you might follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. Sure, go ahead. What is it? Father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. How did my father die? A young Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. He betrayed and murdered your father. Now the Jedi are all but extinct. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? And the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together. Now, let's see if we can't figure out what you are, my little friend. And where you've come from. I saw part of the message. He w I seem to have found it. The image of Princess Leah again appears projected into space. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under attack and I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. 
I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of the SAR-2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Ben urges young Luke to join him in rescuing the princess, but Luke hesitates, for Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru need him at home. Look, I can take you as far as Anchorhead. You can get a transport there to Mos Eisley or wherever you're going. You must do what you feel is right, of course. While taking Ben to the spaceport, Luke's landspeeder comes upon a gruesome scene. The Jawa sandcrawler is devastated and the bodies of slain Jawas litter the hot sand. Ben realizes it is the work of Imperial stormtroopers who are searching for the missing robots. If they trace the robots here, they may have learned who they sold them to, and that would lead them back home. Oh, wait, Luke! It's too dangerous! But Luke is already in the land speeder and zooming toward home. There, he makes a shattering discovery. The homestead is now a smoking ruin, and worse, he finds the smoldering bodies of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. He returns to Ben with the shocking news. There's nothing you could have done, Luke, had you been there. You'd have been killed, too. And the droids would now be in the hands of the Empire. I want to come with you to Alderaan. There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Ben and the two droids leave the sad scene of destruction and make their way to Moss Eisley Spaceport. Moss Eisley Spaceport. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Luke follows Ben into a murky, smoke-filled den serving an incredible array of weird and exotic aliens, monsters and disreputable humans. One-eyed, thousand-eyed, slimy, furry, scaly tentacles and claws are huddled over drinks. Ben moves through the dingy room in search of a likely star pilot, while Luke edges up to the long metallic bar. A strange, multi-eyed creature and his surly human sidekick approach Luke. He doesn't like you. Sorry. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. This little one's not worth the effort. Come, let me get you something. <laughs> One skillful stroke of his lightsaber, Ben slashes the deadly creature, then moves on to the business at hand. I'm all right. Chewbacca here, his first mate on a ship that might suit us. Ben introduces Luke to an eight-foot-tall, 200-year-old Wookiee, who communicates in a series of grunts and growls. The Wookiee leads them to his captain, a 30-year-old starship smuggler, Han Solo. Han Solo, I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast ship. Fast ship? You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? It's the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. I've outrun Imperial starships. Not the local bulk cruisers, mind you. I'm talking about the big Karelian ships now. She's fast enough for you, old man. We can pay you 2,000 now, plus 15 when we reach Alderaan. 17, huh? Okay, you guys got yourselves a ship. We'll leave as soon as you're ready. Docking Bay 94. 94. But Alderaan is also the destination of those with a darker purpose. Tarkin and Vader have decided that a demonstration of the full destructive power of the Death Star may persuade the princess to cooperate. Meanwhile, Ben's group has reassembled at a Mos Eisley docking bay to board the Millennium Falcon. What a piece of junk! She'll make 0.5 past light speed. She 
may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. I've made a lot of special modifications myself. But we're a little rushed, so if you'll just get on board, we'll get out of here. But the Imperial Stormtroopers have tracked the robots to the spaceport. Stop that ship! Blast them! Han Solo and Chewie exchange blasting laser fire with the troops as the others board the Falcon. Chewie, get us out of here! Oh my, I've forgotten how much I hate space travel. in grave danger aboard the Death Star. Tarkin attempts to force the information from her with a terrible threat. Princess Lear, before your execution, I would like you to be my guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station operational. Since you are reluctant to provide us with the location of the rebel base, I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. No! Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. You can't You will prefer another target, a military target? Then name the system. I grow tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Where is the rebel base? Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. There. You see, Lord Vader, she can be reasonable. Continue with the operation. You may fire when ready. What?! You're far too trust. Dantooine is too remote to make an effective demonstration, but don't worry. We will deal with your rebel friends soon enough. No. Commence primary ignition. The awesome power of the battle station's lasers instantly reduces the planet of Alderaan to pulverized space dust. cataclysmic disaster that Ben Kenobi can sense even from far away aboard the Millennium Falcon. Are you all right? What's wrong? I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened. You better get on with your exercises. Luke continues practicing with his Jedi lightsaber. He tries to strike a small metallic ball, which maneuvers elusively. Luke cannot make contact. Remember, a Jedi can feel the Force flowing through him. You mean he controls your actions? Partially, but it also obeys your commands. This time, let go your conscious self and act on instinct. <laughs> With the blast shield down, I can't even see. How am I supposed to fight? Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Stretch out with your feelings. Luke assumes a frozen stance, and the remote target makes another pass. Luke deflects the bolts with swift strokes of the same. You see? You can do it. Looks like we're coming up on Alderaan. 
No, I did feel something. I could almost see the remote. That's good. You've taken your first step into a larger world. But aboard the Death Star battle station, Princess Leia may be a step closer to execution. Yes? Our scout ships have reached Dantooine. They found the remains of a rebel base, but they estimate that it has been deserted for some time. She lied. She lied to us. I told you she would never consciously betray the rebellion. Terminate her immediately. Meanwhile, the Millennium Falcon comes out of hyperspace near the coordinates where Alderaan once existed. But Solo and the others are in for a shock. Stand by, Chewie. Here we go. Cut in the sublight engines. What the? Uh, we come out of hyperspace into a meteor shower, some kind of asteroid collision. It's not on any of the charts. What's going on? Our position's correct, except no Alderaan. What do you mean? Where is it? So I'm trying to tell you, kid, it ain't there. It's been totally blown away. What? Ow! Destroyed by the Empire. The entire Starfleet couldn't destroy the whole planet. It'd take a thousand ships with more firepower than I... There's another ship coming in. Look at him, he's heading for that small moon. I think I can get him before he gets there. He's almost in range. That's no moon. It's a space station. Why are we still moving towards it? We've got an attractor beam that's pulling us in. There's got to be something you can do. There's nothing I can do about it, kid. I'm full power. I'm going to have to shut down. They're not going to get me without a fight. You can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. As the helpless pirate ship is pulled steadily toward the evil metal moon, Solo and his passengers hide in cleverly concealed smuggling compartments. The immense size of the battle station is staggering, and the mile-high docking port doors yawn slowly open. Clear Bay 327. We're opening the magnetic field. ship right after takeoff. Send a scanning crew aboard. I want every part of this ship checked. Yes, sir. I sense something. A presence I've not felt since. Solo and his passengers cautiously emerge from the Millennium Falcon. They quickly overcome two troopers standing guard and steal their uniforms. Luke and Han Solo enter the corridor dressed as Imperial Stormtroopers. The robots lead them to one of the battle station system's control terminals. He found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. He should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. He says he's found the main controls to the power beam that's holding the ship here. A power loss at one of the terminals will allow the ship to leave. I don't think you boys can help. I must go alone. Your destiny lies along a different path from mine. The Force will be with you, always. As Ben leaves, Artu discovers a staggering piece of information. Princess Leia is being held in the Death Star's detention block, and Freepio's interpretation ends on a chilling note. I'm afraid she's scheduled to be terminated. Oh, no. Better her than me. She's rich. Rich? Rich. Powerful. Listen, if you were to rescue her, the reward would be... What? Well, more wealth than you can imagine. I don't know. I can imagine quite a bit. You'll get it. I'd better. Still in troopers' uniforms, Luke and Han move to the detention center, with Chewbacca posing as a prisoner. Once inside, 
They overpower the guard and begin their search for the princess. We gotta find out which cell this princess of yours is in. Here it is. 2187. You go and get her. I'll hold him here. The guard's communicator beeps, and Han must answer the call. Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Who is this? What's your operating number? Han answers the question with a blast from his laser pistol. Boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're gonna get company! But Luke ignores the warning and continues to Leah's cell. There, the sleeping princess stirs and faces Luke. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're who? I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi? Where is he? Come on. Reports of the princess's attempted escape soon reach the ears of Governor Tarkin and Lord Vader. Governor Tarkin? We have an emergency alert in detention block AA-23. The princess? Put all sections on alert. Obi-Wan is here. The force is with him. If you're right, he must not be allowed to escape. Escape is not his plan. I must face him alone. In another part of the battle station, Solo, Luke, and Princess Leah find themselves trapped. Can't get out that way. Looks like you managed to cut up only escape route. Maybe you'd like it back in your cell, your highness. <laughs> I can't hold off forever! Now what? This is our rescue! When you came in here, didn't you have a plan for getting out? He's the brain, sweetheart! Well, I didn't... What the hell are you doing? Somebody has to save our skins! The princess blasts a hole in the metal pocket. Into the garbage chute, flyboy! Get in there! <laughs> Get in there, you big furry! <laughs> I don't care what you smell! fugitives tumble down a dark chute, find themselves in a large room filled with garbage and muck. Garbage? That's a really wonderful idea. What an incredible smell you've discovered. It could be worse. It's worse. Suddenly, the walls begin to rumble and close relentlessly in. Fugitives are trapped in a huge garbage compactor. The walls are moving! Don't just stand there try and brace it with something! Wait a minute! We're all going to be a lot thinner. R2-D2 and 3PO stand by at the control center. Thank goodness they haven't found them. Where could they be? Use the comlink. Oh my, I forgot. I turned it off. Uh. Are you there, sir? 3PO? We've had some problems. Will you shut up and listen to me? R2-D2 feeds the information to the main computer, and below decks, the deadly walls shudder to a halt. Ben has finally reached the computer regulating the tractor beam which holds their ship prisoner. After adjusting the terminal, the old Jedi edges his way into the shadows, unnoticed by stormtrooper guards. Meanwhile, the others move into position to make their run for the Millennium Falcon and freedom. There she is. C-3PO, do you copy? Yes, sir. Are you safe? For the moment, we're in the main hangar across the ship. We're right above you. Stand by. You came in that thing? You're braver than I thought. Nice. Come on. Get back to the ship! You're only come back! But the lone star pilot is off after the troopers, with Chewie chasing behind him. The two race down a subway towards the main hangar, with Vader's men in rapid pursuit. We think they may be splitting up. They may be on level 
Starship hangar. As he is about to emerge, a dark and ominous presence appears. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil does. The galactic warriors ignite their laser swords and begin combat. But Ben seems to be under increasing pressure and strain, as if an invisible weight were pressing upon him. Your power is a weak old man. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. With that, he lunges at the Dark Knight, who checks the blow with a lightning move, and the duel continues with swords flashing. You should not come back. Powerful adversaries seem evenly matched, each one deflecting the furious death blows of the other. At that moment, Han and Chewie burst through the tunnel within sight of the Millennium Falcon. Can we just leave this party? Oh. What kept you? We are running some old friends. Is she all right? Seems okay if we can get to it. Just hope the old man got the tractor beam out of commission. But Luke spots another problem as stormtroopers appear across the hangar. Look. Come on, R2. We're going. Now the kids go. Ben? As they race to the ship, Luke catches sight of Ben and freezes just as Vader's sword strikes the old master. But the Dark Knight has no victim. Ben has disappeared. Only his empty cloak remains. Continues to fire at Vader's troops as the others board the ship. Run, Luke, run! Luke heeds the voice of the Jedi Master and runs aboard. I hope that old man got the tractor beam out of commission or this is going to be a real short trip. Okay, hit it! The Falcon accelerates into space, but now Luke and Liam must fight off attacking Imperial fighters. Here they come! Don't worry. Show all together. Hear me, baby? Hold together. But even as they make their escape, Solo and the others do not realize they are only pawns in a much larger game. A game being controlled by Tarkin and Vader. Are they away? They've just made the jump into hyperspace. You're sure the homing beacon is secure aboard their ship? Taking an awful risk, Vader. This had better work. Unaware that the Millennium Falcon is leading the battle station to the rebel base, Solo is delighted with his handiwork. Not a bad bit of rescue, huh? You know, sometimes I amaze even myself. That doesn't sound too hard. They let us go. It's the only explanation for the ease of our escape. Easy? You call that easy? They're tracking us. Not this ship, sister. At least the information in R2 is still intact. What's so important? What's he carrying? The technical readouts of that battle station. I only hope that when the data's analyzed, a weakness can be found. It's not over yet. The starship begins orbit of the fourth moon of Yavin, home of the secret rebel base. On landing, the group is met in an armored speeder which takes them to the spaceport erected inside the ancient remains of a massive temple. An eerie mist shrouds the forest of gigantic trees. The rebel commander rushes to greet them. You're safe. When we heard about Alderaan, we feared the worst. We have no time for Asara's commander. You must use the information in this R2 unit to help plan the attack. It's our only hope. 
rebel technicians pour all the information stored in the little robot. And indeed, they do find what could be a serious flaw in the Death Star's design. Later, General Dodonna, chief strategist for the rebel forces, explains the defect to a starship pilots. Its defenses are designed around a direct, large-scale assault. A small, one-man fighter should be able to penetrate the outer defense. The target area is only two meters wide. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. The shaft leads directly to the reactor system. A precise hit will start a chain reaction which should destroy the station. Only a precise hit will set up a chain reaction. The shaft is ray shielded, so you'll have to use proton torpedoes. That's impossible, even for a computer. It's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. Then man your ships, and may the force be with you. The Death Star has tracked the battered pirate starship to the rebel outpost. Orbiting the planet at maximum velocity. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. This will be a day long remembered. It has seen the end of Kenobi and will soon see the end of the rebellion. With no time to waste, the rebel flight crews hasten their departure. All flight crews, man your stations. All flight crews, man your stations. So, you got your reward and you're just leaving then? That's right, yeah. I got some old debts I gotta pay off with this stuff. Even if I didn't, you don't think I'd be fool enough to stick around here, do you? Why don't you come with us? Pretty good in a fight. Could use you. Come on. Why don't you take a look around? You know what's about to happen, what they're up against. They could use a good pilot like you. You're turning your back on them. What good's a reward if you ain't around to use it? Besides, attacking that battle station ain't my idea of courage. It's more like... suicide. All right. Well, take care of yourself, huh? I guess that's what you're best at, isn't it? Hey, Luke. May the force be with you. What are you looking at? I know what I'm doing. All pilots to your stations. Open main launch tubes. Crewmen ready the ships, and R2 is lowered into position in Luke's fighter. This R2 unit of yours seems a bit beat up. You want a new one? Not on your life. That little droid and I have been through a lot together. You okay, R2? <whistles> Good. Okay, easy she gets. Hang on tight, R2. You've got to come back. You wouldn't want my life to get boring, would you? Luke throttles forward to full power, and the sleek fighter takes off as he seems to hear the voice of old Ben Kenobi. Luke, the Force will be with you. Stand by alert. Death Star approaching. All wings report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. Lock S-Boss in attack position. We're passing through the magnetic field. Hold tight. Switch your deflectors on double front. Look at the size of that thing. Cut the channel, Red 2. Accelerate to attack speed. In the Death Star's command post, Lord Vader's aide calls attention to an annoying problem. We count 30 rebel ships, Lord Vader, but they're so small they're evading our turbo lasers. We'll have to destroy them ship to ship, get the crews to their fighters. The rebel base will be in firing range in seven minutes. Luke, trust your feelings. Squad leaders. We've picked up a new group of signals. Enemy fighters coming your way. My scope's negative. I don't see anything. Pick up your visual scanning. Here they come. Watch it. You've got one on your tail. Watch your back. Watch your back. Fighters above you coming in. 
not bad. R2, see what you can do with it. Hang on back there. Red six. You see red pop? Thanks, Wedge. Good shooting, Wedge. Red leader, this is gold leader. We're starting our attack run. I copy, gold leader. Move into position. Switch to targeting computer. Computer's locked. Getting a signal. The guns, they've stopped. Analyze their attack zone. There is a danger. Should I have your ship standing by? Evacuate? In our moment of triumph? I think you overestimate their chances. Rebel base, three minutes and closing. Red boys, this is Red Leader. Rendezvous at Mark 6.1. Luke, take Red 2 and 3. Hold up here and wait for my signal to start your run. This is it. We should be able to see it by now. Keep your eyes open for those fighters. There's too much interference. Red 5, can you see them from where you are? No sign of any. Wait, coming in point 0.35. I see them. I'm in range. Target's coming up. Almost there. It's away! Is that it? Negative. Negative. It didn't go in. Just impacted on the surface. Get set up for your attack run! Rebel base, one minute and closing. Biggs Wedge, let's close it up. We're going in, we're going in full throttle. That ought to keep those fighters off our back. Right with you, boss. Luke, at that speed, will you be able to pull out in time? Be just like Beggar's Canyon back home. We'll stay back far enough to cover you. Fighters, coming in, point three. Hurry, Luke, they're coming in much faster this time. We can't hold them. R2, try and increase the power. Star has exploded 
in a blinding light more powerful than a hundred suns. Great shot, kid! That was one in a million! Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Luke returns in triumph to the rebel base and is reunited with Han and Princess Leia. The blackened and battered R2-D2 is removed from Luke's starship. Oh no. Oh my, R2, can you hear me? Say something. You can repair him, can't you? We'll get to work on him right away. You must repair him. Sir, if any of my circuits or gears will help, I'll gladly donate them. You'll be all right. Later, in the main temple of the huge ruins, hundreds of troops line up. Banners are flying. And at the far end stands the vision in white, Princess Leia. Luke and the others march up the long aisle to stand before the smiling princess. From one side of the temple waddles R2-D2, fully repaired. He stands beside Rikyo and a confused Chewbacca. Leia rises and places a gold medallion around Hans's neck, then does the same for Luke. They all turn to face the assembled troops, who bow reverently before them. It is a day to be long remembered, a day of hope for peace and justice throughout the galaxy. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. And so that was the story of Star Wars. Now, I hope you enjoyed that, but uh, we're going to run a little bit long, so let's go ahead and close this out. I want to remind you once again about audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. Take a visit there. Get your free trial and your free audiobook. Neverland Podcast can be found at neverlandpodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Take a moment on iTunes and Stitcher and write me a little review, and it does help the algorithms. It helps a few more people find the Neverland Podcast. Remember to tell your friends about the Neverland Podcast and all the fun we're having here at Neverland. And... Um, you can also follow me or follow the Neverland Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's just simply search for the Neverland Podcast. And on Twitter, we can be followed at, at Neverland, the letter P, cast. Neverland P, cast, to follow us on Twitter. You can also find links for both of these on NeverlandPodcast.com. And if you'd like to send an email, send it to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. I would love to hear from you on how much you might be enjoying the show, or if there's any memories of childhood you would like me to talk about, or if you would love to share a story from your own childhood. Also, I'd like to hear everybody's opinion. I'm kind of thinking I might, because I'm a guy, I might be sharing a little too much stuff that I enjoy as a boy as a child and I would like to know if anyone would be interested in hearing some podcasts where my wife would host and talk about a few things she remembers when she was a little girl I know she was really big into My Little Pony and so of course she'll talk about classic My Little Pony not the modern uh, Friendship is Magic Brony stage although I might see if I can hear from a brony about this who knows but yeah if you would like to hear something like that uh, I might give that a shot maybe who knows next week anyway just to kind of you know see how it goes uh, but yeah, so go ahead and share your childhood memories and let me know what you think about having some, you know, girl toy or girl shows themed up in the future because I would I would I would love to have both genders listening and having a grand old time reliving our childhood. So once again, remember to sprinkle a little pixie dust around in your life and always take time to fly back to Neverland and just act like a big kid. Bye now. <laughs>